Fantastic. You guys can be seated. What a fabulous day so far. Woo. I got to be honest with you, as I always should be, right? The other day, it was uh, actually yesterday morning, and uh, I'd waken up and, you know, I was kind of going through my routine, and the night before, on Friday, um, my wife and I, we, we didn't get in until really late, okay? And so here we are, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a creature of habit. Anybody else a creature of habit? Yeah? Okay. We are the chosen ones. All right? That is what we are. And um, so, you know, even though I'm, I'm dead tired, my eternal alarm clock is going off. I know I got to get up. And if not, my whole routine gets thrown off, kind of like this morning. Tom, thank you. Joe, all right. And uh, so, so I'm up, and, and we have to, you know, go in there, and I, I eventually go through my morning routine, and I get the boys up, and Carter's laying in his bed. 
And I'm in there, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pumping him up for the day because that's what I got to do to get him out of the bed. You know what I mean? Got to pump him up for the day, get him ready, get him excited. And I walk in, and, and he's laying there. He's got the covers off. He didn't have a shirt on. And I look, and I see these pin marks on him. And I'm going, what in the world has this kid done? You know? And so I look. And I get, I'm like, before I wake him up, I want to investigate the situation. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I want to see what the true story is, at least what I'm going to make it up to be and blame him for before he tells me the true story. So I go in there and I'm looking and I see these pin marks. I see a line going down here. I see a line going across here. And I see another line going across here. I said, son, what, 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 dad, what, what, you know. I said, what have you done? What, what are you playing, tic-tac-toe? He's like, no, they're my abs. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And he's like, I'll draw some on you too. Do you want some? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, he's like, I was like, well, I want to, you know, in real life. But, but what? It's going to cause a lot more exercise, right? It's going to cause me to have to eat better, right? You know, we go through different seasons of life where we want to, like, better ourselves or do something totally different uh, because we know what the end result can be. It could be something completely fabulous. It could be great. It could be, watch this, it could even go down to as the uh, effect of spiritual growth. Like, I want to, here's a couple of things that we want to do sometimes. I want to get into my Bible more or be a part of a reading plan so that I can grow spiritually. But I'm a very lazy, procrastinating type minded person. All right? Think about that. I want to pray more, but that means I got to set some more time off. And if I'm going to spend time in prayer, then I'm going to feel guilty that I didn't read. And now are you seeing the, the, the pattern here? And so what we do a lot of times is say, I want to, but. And we're going to get into this. This is going to be a whole brand new sermon series. So it's fantastic that you're here today and you get the first segment of it. All right. But before I introduce you to the main theme for our study today, I want to have a little bit of fun. All right. Because um, I like to have fun in church. Like nobody wants to go to a boring church, right? I don't think this church is boring. You better not think that I am boring. All right. But it's Pastor's Appreciation Month. You can't think that I'm boring. All right. You know, let me, let me tell you another story on that one. All right. This is totally off context here. But Wednesday was Boss's Day. Anybody in here a boss? And did your people, like, celebrate you for that day? Okay. All right. A couple of you, right? So here I am in the office. And Karen, uh, my, my, my secretary, she's like, you know, she gives me this, this jar of almonds. And any sushi lovers? All right? All right, cool. They make an almond that's coated with wasabi. It's absolutely amazing, and I think it's healthy, Tom. Okay? And, and, so, and she's like, happy Boss's Day. And I, and I wait a minute. I've got a couple other guys in here that haven't given me nothing yet for Boss's Day. <laughs> so, so Joe had already left for the day. I get out my cell phone, and I call up Joe. I say, Joe. Did you forget something today? He's like, no, I got your teaching for tonight. Tomorrow you give me the teaching for Sunday. I did it. No, I ain't forgot nothing. Joe, 
what is today? Today's Wednesday, Pastor. Are you okay? You know? And I'm going, nobody cares. Just nobody cares. So I said, wait a minute. I think Brad's here. You know, my lovely worship director, he does a fabulous job, doesn't he? Look, I'm showing appreciation to him right now. And, and, and he's also with our youth and, and young adults, and it, it does a bang-up job. So I said, Brad! I'm hollering, Brad! With the anger Brad voice, right? He's like, oh, man, here we go, you know? So here he comes into Karen's office, and I got Joe on speakerphone. And I said, Brad, what is today? Pastor, today's Wednesday. I'm like, y'all are striking out left and right, right? I said, no, today's significant. What is today? Well, in the meantime, Joe's Googling it. All right? He's like, I know what it is. I know, on the other end of the phone, I know what it is. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. You done forgot. I'm, are you, can you see some emotion coming out of me right now? All right? And, 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 and so Brad, and so, so it comes up, and, and Brad's like ready to walk out of the office. He's like, I don't even care what day it is. You know? And so Joe goes, it's boss's day, Brad. It's boss's day. And he goes, like I said, I don't care. And just walked on. <laughs> it hurt my feelings. I'm just saying. All right? Hurt my feelings. But let's, let's have a little bit of fun here. All right? So um, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go over a couple TV shows with you that most likely, um, if you're in my kind of age bracket, you'll know some of them. If not, uh, you know, whatever. You might be way older than me. You're more seasoned, seasoned people, right? But uh, here we go. Do you guys remember Love Boat and Fantasy Island? Anybody remember that? Remember the plane, the plane on Fantasy Island? Like, we still get excited about that saying around here in the summertime. For the mosquito. Those of you who don't live here, it's mosquito plane. All right? It kills all them things that we wish God would never have created. All right, how about Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley? Anybody remember those shows? That's like old school stuff. That's stuff that you could, like, sit down and watch with your kids and not be like, embarrassed or going, we're all going to hell for watching this right now, you know? All right, here we go. Here's a couple. How about this? Full House and Family Matters, right? I speak about them all the time because as I remember growing up in my home, mom and dad, Friday nights, TGIF Fridays, right? Thank God, goodness, it's Friday. You sit there, you watch all these fantastic shows, and they're all great. How about, you guys remember Mork and Mindy? Wasn't, that, wasn't he like the alien or something like that? Was Something of that nature? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so we got all these shows. Do you know what's so interesting about these shows? Is that you actually had to be there at the exact time on the TV to watch the show. Think about that for a second. Like, there was no DVR back in that day. We are so spoiled, are we not? Like, there's plenty of shows that my wife and I, we will record, or different things that we will record, and we don't even watch them on the night of the show because we're all so spoiled, and we have this attitude of on demand, don't we? Right? Like, like, I want it now. I want it when it's convenient for me. I want it when it fits my time slots. When it's involved in my schedule, then it's okay. So, unfortunately, though, here's what we do. We take on this same attitude, really, when it comes to God. We have this, like, on-demand God mentality. We think that he should show up when we expect him to show up. Kind of like Amazon, right? Don't you guys love Amazon Prime? I love how I can order something on Sunday or like Saturday afternoon. And it's happened to me before, trust me. Saturday afternoon and Sunday before I head over, come over here to the church, it's sitting there on my doorstep. 
That is amazing. It blows my mind. Like, how did they do that? You know? And so what we do is we've kind of taken on the same attitude when it comes to God. Like, I want a God that's on demand. I, I want a God that's going to be right there and, and my every beck and call, which we serve a God who is, but here's what we do. We often think that if we have a need or a request, we have something that we need him to get involved in, that he should do it within our own terms. And that's where we really fail. That's where we miss the mark. See, this thought is great until God doesn't do what we think he should do on our demand. And that may be your story. You, you may be in a situation where right now you are really needing God to do something or have been needing God. Or maybe you just came through a season where you needed God to do something particular and you prayed, you fasted, you sought after, and yet you have still not received what it is that you were wanting or expecting. So often when God doesn't do what we think he should do, you know that we know he could do, right? A lot of people, here's what happens. They begin to get, what, frustrated? And they begin to decide God must either not be real or that God isn't powerful enough or that God isn't good enough or simply that God doesn't care. Like, where is my on-demand God? Where is he at? Why has he failed me? I'm going to help you out here. An on-demand God in that instance, with that perception, I'm going to break the news to you. It just simply does not exist. What we have to do is we have to make sure that we understand where we fit in the whole picture and the narrative, or the bigger picture, so to speak, and the grand story of God and creation and eternity specifically for your life. So if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. God doesn't exist to serve you. We exist to serve what? Him. God isn't here and, 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 and all about doing whatever it is that we want. Whenever we want him to do it, how we want him to do it. Look, he may answer prayers. And he does. But his highest calling is not to do what we think he should do. God does not exist to serve us. But we exist to serve him. That's one of the reasons as to why we were created. We must recognize that if we're reading the Bible, that we are not the main character of the Bible. God is the main character. His son Jesus Christ is the main character. The Holy Spirit is the main character. And the object of it all is to share his love story with you. God is not a cosmic genie in the sky. And you've, this is so Christian cliche, but it's so much truth in it. That if you rub him the right way, he's going to answer everything you need according to your demand, according to your expectation, according to your desire. Now, God is the creator. We are a result of him. We were then what? Created. God is the potter. We are the clay. God is the one who is molding us. We are not the ones who are molding God. He is who? He is God. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. What is his role? Who is he? How does he 
play out in my life. So what I want to do here for the next few minutes, and really throughout this entire sermon series, is kind of unpack some things about God and who he is, especially here this morning. The reality, the goal of this message is to help us to get to know him better by being able to recognize who he is. Again, I believe with all my heart that people all over this world today are not rejecting who God really is, but what they are doing is they're rejecting the distorted view of an inaccurate view of God. Now, I want to talk about three qualities. Uh, what I feel uh, that develops the heart of God or uh, understanding that God is not the on-demand God, but so then, who is he? If he's not an on-demand God, then exactly who is God? Like, what is his role? What does he do? What makes him who he is? Number one, God's heart is always, look at the person beside you and say, always. Because somebody needs to hear that. God's heart is always loving. Right? Those of you that are parents, let me tell you two things that I know about you. And the first one is this. There's never, ever a time when you don't love your children. There's never, never a time that what? You don't like them. There's never a time where you want to what? Simply, you might want to do this though, okay? Now listen, there, there's plenty of time. I go through this three or four times a week where you want to knock them into the middle of next week. I heard that strong, you don't even have them living with you anymore. And you're like, amen! Right? But this is the one truth about you as a parent. And that is you always love them. All right, here's the second one. And this, one, this, one, this one's a tough one, right? There are times when you do not do what they want you to do, even though you have the power to do it. Think about that statement for a second. There are times that you do not do what they want you to do even when you have the power to do it. Kind of like homework. That's a fight. Y'all need to pray for me every day about 5 o'clock when it's homework time. Because it's like no more angel. You know, there's no more halo over their head. All right, fangs come out. It's Halloween time, right? Fangs come out. Your claws come out, you know. And, and you know, we can sit there and, and we can start on the homework. And he, he, he'll, he'll sit there, Carter, he, Carter. He's nine today, by the way. He turned nine years old. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. Yesterday, it was bedtime. We were tucking him into bed and he started crying. I'm like, what are you crying for? You know, because I, I, I was building him up. I was like, next year, man, you're going to be double digits. A one and a zero. That is fantastic. And then I said, man, you know what? And then it's like seven more years, you're going to be able to drive. And Andrew's going, you can shut up now. You know, I said, you're halfway to being an adult, 18. Thank you. Out the, I'll help you, son. You know? And, and he starts crying. And he's like, I don't ever want to grow up. I was like, I do. I want you to grow up. But some of you are like, no, you don't, Pastor. No, you don't. All right. But, but, you know, we're sitting there, we'll do homework, and it's, you know, we're going over something, and he's just not getting it, he can't figure it out. He's like, you just do it. You do it. And I go, well, that's not helping you out. Yeah, it is, I'll get a better grade. 
You know, there are things that we can do to help our kids out sometimes, but it really, it's not helping them out. It's just really enabling them. And so oftentimes that's what we do with God. We petition a request, we make a request before him, and he's going, yeah, sure, I can do that, but here's the problem. You're not growing from it. You're not developing in character. You're not becoming a better person. All I'm doing is in answering something for you, and, and you're treating me like an on-demand God, and nothing is really going to become accomplished. So sometimes, unfortunately, God causes and allows us to go through some seasons within life. Now, we, we understand God doesn't do exactly what we want him to do. But we do know this. He is always loving. And that God always has our best interest at, our, at heart. Now, let's take a look. In Romans chapter 8, I'm going to read a portion of scripture to you. I think it's pretty powerful. Starting in verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The love of God. Who shall separate us? Shall what? Trouble or hardships, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. In other words, who is going to separate you? Who is going to separate you from the love of Christ? Is financial problems going to separate you? Is a relational breakdown going to separate you? Is unemployment going to separate you? Is a depressed spirit going to separate you? It says, who can separate us? Now watch this. Verse 37 goes on to say, no. In all these things, and in everything you can think of, we are this. We are what? More than conquerors through him who loved us. All right? More than conquerors. He goes on to say, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers... Neither the height nor the depth of anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does that tell me? God is always loving. God's love never, never, never fails you. He is always loving. His love abounds. It will never Depart from us. God does not prove his love when he answers our prayer. God proves his love when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. There's never a time that he does not love you. He may not always love what you do. But there's never a time when he does not love you. All right, second big thought. Number two. God's ways are always higher. Think about that. Now, I'm going to unpack this here for a moment with you. There's so many different times where people will come up to me and, and, and they'll say, well, why did this happen? Explain this to me. You know, um, they're, they're looking for an answer. They're looking for an answer within Scripture. They're looking for this deep theological moment and this ah moment. And, and, and here's what I say sometimes. I have no idea. I really don't know, and I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I need to know and understand this. My faith does not need to be in answers. My faith needs to always be within God. And trusting that God's ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are what? Deeper than my thoughts. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 through 9 says this. 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways what? Your ways, declares the Lord. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts, what? Higher than your thoughts. Now, I wrote this down. I'm going to read this exactly how I wrote it. It says, I take comfort to recognize that God is wiser than I am. That he is already in tomorrow. That time doesn't hold him. And that God is sovereign. And he's always working in the things to bring about good. That God has the end in mind. That he's even using the things that I don't want to conform me into the image of his son. That his ways, his knowledge, listen up, his power goes well beyond the limited understanding that my mind has. God is infinite. God is glorious in all of his ways. And I don't have to understand everything to trust his heart. To trust his character, to trust his nature, to trust his goodness. God's ways are higher. His ways are different. See, oftentimes what we do is we'll recognize. And when we don't understand in that moment, years later we can go, I see where God's hand was working all along. I see where God was leading and directing. You know, I've I've never been... um, bashful about not sharing my story with you guys but I went through a very very dark time for for a couple years Um, and I'm not proud of that dark time a time where I began to question and wonder and really struggle with where God was and what God was trying to do within my life I felt that he was an absent God like maybe many of you have had absent fathers When I was in my deepest time of need, it was like everything in this world fell in and caved in on me. Relationships were gone. I felt like I was all by myself. That nobody else was around. I had a couple people who were always around, but you know know how you get self-pity, right? Like, nobody cares. Everybody hates me. And we often mute the voices that, are trying, that God is trying to use to speak into us. And I remember going through that stage in life and thinking, God, where are you right now? I don't have a friend. I don't, I, my family's so far away from me. All of these things. And, and I began, to, as I'm here now, I look back and I, I, I see a timeline that wasn't of lack of God. I see a timeline where His spirit hadn't departed away from me. But now I could begin to see where God was orchestrating. He was placing the puzzle pieces exactly where they needed to be in order to fit me into the grand scheme of what his purpose, plan, and will is. I say that today because there could be some of you in this room this morning who you could be in a season like that right now where you feel like God has been absent. Where you don't feel him. You come into moments like this and you read words on screens and sing songs and you see everyone else. It seems like they're engaged and they're plugged in and and it seems like they're, they're the happy family. They got the great spouse and no problems within the workplace and all these things. First of all, let me tell you, you don't know what's going on with the person beside you. You have no clue. So get that one out of your mind right away. 
And so we'll take on this perception and we'll begin to think, where are you, God? Let me help you out. He's right there with you. You may not see it now. You may not recognize it right now. But I want to encourage you. Don't stop reading his word. Don't stop praying. Don't stop allowing yourself to be in environments like this. Continue on because God's presence is enough. God's presence is always with you. The Bible tells us that he will never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. And oftentimes we go, well, how do I know? Let me help you out here. Come here. My friend here. We're going to get feedback, so let's get right here, all right? My friend here is a Christ follower. You know, we, we just came through a, a um, sermon series called Better Together. And we talked about that we are strong individually when we are together corporately. Like, you just stay, all right? Like, listen, I'm a pastor, but I got problems, guys. I've got things about me that I don't like. And I guarantee if I don't like it, guess who doesn't like it? God doesn't like it. And Andrea, all right? And so I have to allow myself to be within the word of God daily because if I don't, I get weak. And if I get weak, I am what? Allowing myself and opening myself up for the enemy to come in and to do exactly as John said it in John 10. What? To steal, kill, and to destroy. The enemy would love more than anything to get inside of your home. To steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy would love to do more than anything to get inside of your marriage. To simply steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy would love to do anything to get inside of your workplace. Simply to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And more importantly, the enemy wants to do everything he can to get inside of your heart to steal, kill, and to destroy. But understanding that when we go through this Christian life together, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, what I, there I am also. There's power in numbers. Now, when I went through that season within my life, many of you guys know I'm, I'm not bashful. I'm a mama's but listen, my mom would get on the phone, and, and she would, we would talk, and you guys know exactly what I'm going to say, and I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway, because it's my strength. It helps me. She would always go, remember, you are called. You are anointed. God's got a plan for your life. You know, I do my best every day to look at my kids and go, especially at bedtime, and I'll say this. I'll say, guys, what does God have? And they'll go, a plan for my life. I want you guys to understand something. I don't know where you are in the midst of this whole thing called life, but you need to know this. God's got a plan. God's got a will. God's got a purpose. Then I had this other friend by the name of Joe, not you. You're good, though. You're good. I had this other friend. He's in St. Louis, Missouri, and he was actually one of my youth as a youth pastor. And I, him and I talk still today. He, he, he does a lot for this church that you don't even know behind the scenes. Believe it or not. He's part of my pastoral covenant group. And he would literally call me. How you doing? How you doing, pastor? I'm like, don't call me pastor. I'm not in a pastoral role right now. I feel so far away from God, it's not funny. And some, some of his words would be, 
God's got a plan. Even through all of this, God's got a plan. So we need people who are our brothers and sisters in Christ to be with us. Because we, we know this. We may not feel the presence of God when I'm by myself. But he's a follower of Christ. The same presence of God that is with me is also what? With him. And he helps remind me of that. With what? Encouraging words. Uplifting one another. Being there for one another. All right, dude, you can sit down, dude. You did good. You did good. All right. Now, number three, God's presence is always enough. All right? Maybe you're not a follower of Christ, and so you don't have any idea what I'm speaking of when it comes about his presence. If you receive nothing else in life, and all you have is Jesus, you receive far more than you deserve. Far more than you deserve. If you will truly pursue the goodness of God, if you will pursue him, you will get to know his character. You will get to know his nature. And years from now, you will have the deepest assurance that what? God is your rock. You will be able to say that I don't even have to worry what will happen to me because God is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. King David, in the Old Testament, he talked about the intimacy of God. And when things didn't make sense for him, and for a moment we can say, well, you know what? He was a king. He's one of the main characters of the Bible. I mean, you know, all these great things about him. But you need to understand, this guy was on the run. He cried out. He was saying, God, where are you? You're letting... My enemies overtake me. This doesn't make sense. And so he was in the deepest, darkest moments in, one of his, in a valley within his life. And David said this in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, or even though I walk through the valley of what? The shadow of death. I will fear no evil. And he said this to God. Because why? You're with me. Even if I walk through the place where I can be in heartbreak. Even though I can walk through a place where I can be at my most lack. My most deepest dark of need. I can always know that what? God, you are with me regardless. God is not always going to do what I want him to do. God is too powerful. God is too strong. God is way too sovereign and he is far too good to be a puppet to men. God is the creator. God is the sustainer of this entire universe. He is the one who what? Knows the beginning from the end. God is the one who created all things. And the purpose of it was to draw himself closer to us. So that we can what? Bring him glory. I want you to stand with me this morning. When things within our lives don't go as we planned it, how we had hoped for, wished for, how we had even prayed for, we can trust in this. 
that God is conforming us. He is molding us. He is drawing us. And he is making us every day more like Jesus. When you don't understand, God, why didn't you? And you could have. Remember this, an on-demand God doesn't exist. But the God that loves you does. The God that, that, that has a plan, the God that has a purpose, the God that has a will does exist. The one who was looking out for you and your life and, and orchestrating this craziness of this life and the shifting things around so that it fits his plan, purpose, and will, he does exist. He is the one with his outstretched arm saying, here I am, I love you. I exist. I want to believe, but. But you have no reason not to believe. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want every about every I close this morning. I just want to soak in the presence of God. I just want to soak in his spirit. I just want to be in awe of him for this moment. There are some of you in this room today. You've been questioning the reality of God. Is he real? Where is he at in my life? I feel so far away from him. Some of you in this room today, you have shut me out within this message. You have this preconceived idea, and no one is going to convince you otherwise. And let me help you out. That's absolutely correct. No one is going to convince you otherwise. But God's Holy Spirit is right now. Maybe you're here today, you don't know who Jesus Christ is. You've never had that moment where you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a moment where everything can change within your life. It doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight and, and everything's going to fall into place right away. Sometimes we go through these seasons of growth for a reason. But let me help you out. The best way to start off is accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you in this room today and you could say, Pastor, I want to accept this Jesus as my Lord and Savior today, I want you to slip up your hand. I see that hand. If today's the day where you want salvation in your life, I'm challenging you. God's challenging you. It's real simple. If that's you today, just slip up your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I knew yours was going up. One more time. All right, you can put them down. Here's what I want us to do as a church. 
I want us to pray this prayer together boldly. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me and make me whole again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Please? Now, as you have been reflecting within your life, here, here's where it gets corporate. And don't be bashful. But how many of you would say right now there's been something going on in your life that maybe you simply don't understand? That maybe you simply just are not happy about it? And you wish that something was different? And you would really love for God to do something about it? Anybody like that? Wow. Let's pray. God, you see every lifted hand. What's remarkable to me was, I mean, it was instant, Lord. People are in this room and there's some things they don't understand. There's some things, God, that they're just baffled about and maybe they're even questioning, like, where are you? God, let them know that you're here. Let them know, Lord, that you're moving and that you're working. Father, allow your Holy Spirit, God, to even in their midst, even in this moment, let them feel the goodness of who you are. And you whispering into their ear, my child, I'm right here. I've never left you. I know it may be hard right now. I know the struggle is real. I know that you feel like I'm gone. But I've never left you. In fact, I am holding your hand through all of this. I'm going to see this through with you. You're not going to go through this alone in life. I'm surrounding you with people. I'm surrounding you with people within your life that are going to be encouragers. I'm surrounding you with people in your life that are going to show you my love. I'm surrounding you with people in your life that when you feel like you have fallen to the lowest point, they're going to reach out their hand, but it's not going to be theirs. It's my hand reaching to you saying, you are my son, you are my daughter, I love you, and I will not allow you to fall any further. Thank you, Father. So, Lord, here we are in your presence. God, talk to your people. Minister to them, Father. Allow them to know that you are real. When they leave this place, God, they will leave uplifted because, Father, we have been challenged. And I feel, Lord, that we are a room that is changed. A room, God, that understands that you have a heart that loves us. A room, Lord, that understands that your presence is always enough. And it's here even now. So God, we love you. We worship you. We desire more of you. Speak into our hearts every day. Minister to us every day. Don't allow us to become complacent. Don't allow us to fall asleep within your word. But allow your word to be the living thing that breathes life into our lives every day. May we, God, get on our knees and our face before you every day and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Mold me. Change me complete me, design me, let your will, purpose, and plan flow through me. So Father, we love you. 
God, as the psalmist said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. We love you guys. Have a great day.